0: Welcome back to Good Mom's Bad Choices. I'm Erica. And I'm Leila. Happy Wednesday. Happy I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm good. You know, just uh, like thriving. I woke up today. I'm blessed. My legs work. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, have allergies. <laughs> <laughs> um, my child is, you know, thriving, growing, healthy. So. I'm good. Same, same. Um, today we have special guests. Yes, we have the ladies of Her Space, Terry and Dom. Thank you guys for so. Thank you guys so much for coming on.
1: Of course, thank you for having us. We're excited. Yes, Where I can't wait up. to dive in.
0: Yes, you guys are up in the Bay, right?
1: Yes. Yep, West Chambers Coast, Cali, Oakland,
0: Cali gals. You guys are both from Oakland.
1: Well, I'm from Philly originally.
0: Oh, my family's from Philly too. Okay. What part of Philly are you from?
1: Southwest.
0: Okay, I'm from West We're Philly. The airport.
1: West okay. Philly. Okay,
0: yeah. I got a feeling West Philly girl. <laughs> <laughs> my grandma lives by the airport now. Like, i really? um, Woodland.
1: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so all of my grandma's business
0: on the internet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh no. Let's my- tell
0: our listeners a little bit about um, her space podcast and why you ladies started your podcast. And you guys, um, I know, I know Dom. You are a therapist. And I'm assuming that's part of the inspiration behind it, but I'd love to hear more about why you started
1: it. Yes. Do you want me to tell our co-parenting story, Dom, of our our podcast? (laughs) Yes, please do. Please share that experience with everyone. Yes. So Dom and I often say that we are co-parents because as you ladies know, podcasting is a lot of work, but we love it. It's a labor of love. And basically, we just met randomly a couple of years ago at a conference and we were like, we want to do something for black women. Like we just want to create a community for us where we can just talk about the real shit that we go through, right? Um, Because we need more spaces to just be. And so we literally had no idea what we were doing. We came up with this idea and started the Her Space podcast. And HER is an acronym for healing, empowerment, and resilience. And Mm -hmm. so Dom is our resident therapist, although you do need to seek your own therapist, of course. That's our disclaimer that Dom has taught me. And Mm -hmm. I am the techie and motivational speaker. And so we just bring our stories and perspectives and amazing guests into this one space to talk about everything from fibroids to fake friends and just really create a healing space for Black women. So we, we hope that you feel good after you uh, close out of one of our episodes. For sure, for sure. I mean, I think it's so important for te- to have a
0: space to heal and all those things. I think these conversations are, are so important for our community. And um, I'm so grateful that there be, they're becoming more normal. Sorry.
2: Yeah, I think that they're being that they're that
0: they're becoming more normal and you know normalizing this conversation about you know all the things that we encounter and our feelings and traumas and all those things. Like the more I know, sorry. <laughs> I know the more that we we share and the more that we talk. Like every day we sit down, every week we sit down and it's it's a therapy session. It truly mm-hmm. feels like like therapy. I need it. Ditto.
2: (laughs) Yes. And I think that everybody could benefit from therapy on some level. And so for me, I am just happy that people are normalizing therapy and willing to talk about their mental health. And so, you know, on one hand, I'm like, oh, this just warms my heart that people like the stigma feels like it's kind of coming down. But then, on the other hand, I'm like, but damn, we have been through some shit as a people, like as a collective, and then even on an individual level, and the fact that we needed is like, fuck, mm-hmm.
0: for sure, for sure. I think um, you know, we wanted to, you know, wanted to get your perspective because you know, as you know, we're both parents and. You know, I think me and Jamila, I guess I, I I, dabbled in therapy a little bit when I was like young, like in my early 20s. And then um, not not until like I was in my 30s did I really start going to therapy. And, um, you know, now having a child, uh, I'm so aware of the things that, you know, I felt like were kind of these, these pillars of, or like these these big moments in my life that I feel like affected me that I wish that like my parents had either either talked to me about been more mindful about or like protected me from um etc and so like I think now about my child and obviously I am pro-therapy but I also try to think of like what are the things that like I could be doing now to like ensure that I'm not inflicting like trauma on her or that I'm not, or like, how do I encourage her to use her voice in the way that like, I didn't know how to vocalize when I was a kid. Um, and these are things that I think about all the time, the things that we, we, we talk about, but you know, being able to like, you know, pick you, your guys' perspective and get your perspective on, on different ways that, you know, we can help identify their feelings in these developmental stages of their life um, and encourage them to to talk about them. I think that um, it's so important because even as women, even me as a grown ass woman, I have a hard time with this. I'm sorry, my baby daddy is like calling and text messaging me and I can see the pop-ups on the side of the screen and I'm getting so mad. (laughs) So so as we're talking about this, I'm like, I am an adult and I need to identify with my feelings. (laughs) I I haven't been given the tools. To work through my feelings in the present moments. Breathe. And <laughs> and it gives me anxiety. And then I see that in my mom and I see that in my grandmother. And I see that it, it's such a um, it's such a, a, a like a unspoken about like n- unspoken thing in the community. You know, I think we all really have things that we haven't been given the tools to communicate and we haven't been given the permission to give ourselves grace. And to be like, I'm hurting. This hurts. I'm in pain still because, you know, there's this like this, I have to be strong. I have to maintain. I have to save face. I can't cry. You know, like there's this whole culture that we've like, you know, we kind of have to, I think it takes for each other to embrace one another and to promote it within each other. To say like, just cry, girl. Just cry. Mm -hmm. You You don't have to be right. You don't have to um, be perfect. You don't have to be strong and just like, like a, a safe space to do that. But I realized that starts in childhood, you know, um, I I, I, rem- I remember just talking on, on her space, but, um, you know, you talked about Erica, there was a time in your life where your dad would just the mere, like the, the mere mention of his name would make you cry. And there was a time in like high school. I remember being in the kitchen, like brushing past my mom and like, cringing like Mm. not being able to want to touch her and I'm like what the fuck is that like looking back I'm like wow that's really deep and really sad that I've had these feelings towards my mom you know and um not being able to feel like I could express that or or get that anger out and that I was being heard so like I want to talk about how we can give our our kids the tools To express themselves to us, and you know, and to feel seen and heard, but also give us the tools to be able to hear them and be receptive, and not do like the the thing where like this is a grown folks talk. Don't talk to me like that. You know, stay in your place. Like, where are the like? There's so many levels to this shit. Right. And so I'm so grateful for you guys because I know you guys came up with five different ways, and I'd love to just like dive into them because when we do these episodes where we list things out, they're so helpful because people can really go back and. Even us, like, like we make, a lot of times it's not until we sit down and say, we should do an episode on this that I actually really, really think deeply about like the things uh-huh. that I'm actually applying in my life or the, and also the things that like I probably can be better at applying. So I love, I love being able to chat with you guys. And so I know the first one that you guys have put on here was label label your child's emotions. So, can you tell us a little bit, like about what you think, how you think that that, is, and why you think that's important? Maybe it's from your personal experience or just from your work. Dom.
2: Well, I, I want before we even talk about labeling the child's emotions, I think that it's first important for us to just acknowledge that you all have that awareness, right? That there are intergenerational issues and patterns and cycles that you want to break right Mm -hmm. and so to me I think the first step in making any change is acknowledging that there's change that needs to happen right right and so and so I think kudos to y'all first of all for having that awareness and the willingness Because I think that's the second part of it, of having that willingness to say, "Okay, we want to do different. Like we recognize the impact that these cycles have had on us and we want to find a way to do differently. And so I think, you know, when we get to that first thing of like labeling the child's emotions. If we can oftentimes if we can put a name to it, then. What that does is that frees us up to say, okay, then how can I solve it? Mm -hmm. What can Mm -hmm. I do about it if I know what it is? Because if I don't know what it is, then how do I know how to address it? Right. Because at that point, if I can't name what the emotion is, then as the parent, I'm over here tossing all kinds of things to try and fix it and none of it's working. And then I'm getting frustrated because it's not working. But if I don't know how to name it, and if I can't get my child to name it, then we can't do anything about it. And so I think helping children early on to name the emotions. So if something makes them happy, Like from early, and when I say early on, I mean like from birth, like acknowledging, you know, because kids come into this world and emotions and emotional expression, they're not born with that full range of emotions. Mm -hmm. It evolves over time. Mm -hmm. And so being able to help them name it. So if they're happy, if they're joy, if they're joyous, if they're angry, if they're upset. As an infant. Saying, oh, baby, you're, you know, I see you're upset right now. Let's figure out why is baby upset. Mm -hmm. And then as they get older, helping them to say to like, if they don't know what's happening for them as the parent to say it for them. To say, "Okay, you know, that three year old who's throwing a temper tantrum. To name for them, hey, you're upset right now. Mm -hmm. and then that allows them to figure out okay well am i upset is this really is this really accurate what they're telling me how i'm feeling is that really how i'm feeling and if it's not let me let me adjust
0: yeah no i i totally agree with that because i think even as parents sometimes when our kids are throwing tantrums you know you know you'd be like you're not upset like stop you're fine you're fine and it's like wait they're like, they're not fine even if it even if it is ridiculous yes but like but and sometimes it will be ridiculous and sometimes it's totally just un un just i just just not it doesn't make any sense sometimes mm-hmm. have those conversations and not just dismissing your kid as just being a baby like oh you just acting like baby. you're just mm-hmm. you know you're fine yeah right. i mean that, like, that i have for sure said that for sure <laughs> yeah 100% probably said it yesterday but you're right but you're right like instilling those tools and identifying just as basic as being like okay you're happy baby's happy baby's sad baby is hungry baby is you know tired tired mm-hmm. you know even though kids will never admit when they're tired they will mm-hmm. just. never just never it is, it? it is like an all out revolt against yeah. tired. I've, I've heard about kids that do Rip, who? what What the kids, kids? The only <laughs> thing I read is that she's tired very and That is when she, there's just like, there's no getting around. The exactly. She has got to In be high. like dragging feet, like barely mm. can walk <laughs> until she acknowledges Her. that she's tired. But yeah, no, I think that's a really great. And I think, you know, I think sometimes like the older, the like, parents that have older kids sometimes feel left out of the conversation because they mm. feel like it's too late. I haven't, she's already doing this and this and that. What now? Like, What are the tools yes. now? But I think it's never too late to have Conversations with your kids, you know, at different stages and whatever they are. And asking them, like, how are you feeling? How are you feeling today? What's going on today? This is how I feel. I'm feeling this way. So, how are you feeling? You know, personalizing it.
1: That's spot on, Erica. That kind of leads us into number two as well. And I do want to just share a disclaimer. Although I have not birthed any children, um, like Dom, I was a parentified parent or a parentified child. And so I raised my four younger siblings when my mom was in and out of jail. And they are um, three of them are teenagers today. One is 20 years old. And then also in this world of like motivational speaking and going to schools, I've worked with young people and, I feel like I've learned so much about parenting via my siblings. So I've basically done everything besides birth and breastfeed them. So, getting her, you know, sister ready for prom, you know, dealing with their, their dramas. Cause you know, especially the girls, the girls always have some type of school drama. The boys are so laid back but my sisters, it's like, there's always something. And so I find that modeling and encouraging appropriate ways to express their feelings is super helpful. And it, I think about, you know, when I got language for certain behavioral traits that I had, like I remember, you know, realizing I really love solitude. I like being alone. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm just a weirdo because I didn't know what that was called. I am a weirdo, but <laughs> I being an introvert. Right. And so when you learn about, oh, this is what this thing is called, you can research it. So that kind of just um, to piggyback off of number one. But when it comes to modeling and encouraging appropriate ways to express feelings, kids remember things. And they watch us, right? They watch our every move. And there are sometimes to this day where my siblings will still tell me about things they remember me doing when we were younger, and I'm like, oh gosh. But there were also a lot of healthy things and coping mechanisms that I taught them when we were growing up and so I think one for instance like teenagers are as you know as you can imagine right they're a trip right and oftentimes I think there's sometimes a disconnect between parents and their teenagers because they're in that stage of gaining their independence finding who they are and they may not want to be up under mommy and daddy like they used to and so I found that you know in breaking that sort of um I guess breaking that barrier with the teenagers that I've worked with and also my siblings, a lot of it comes to just transparency. And I've literally walked into an auditorium of high school students. And at the end of the session, some of them will come up to me and they're like telling me their life story or things they've never told their teachers that they've been with for years. And the teachers are like, literally, I had a teacher one day like, what what did you do? How did you get him to share this? He never shared it with me. And I was like, honestly, I just listened to him and I just shared something about myself. And she was just like, damn like is that easy yeah like being transparent and letting them know like i'm having a rough day or i felt really scared about this so i felt insecure about this whatever it might be modeling that behavior and kind of leading the way and then encouraging them to do the same and knowing and letting them know that you can they can trust you i think that's key too and like without judgment so i've had my siblings tell me things where i'm just like oh my gosh oh my god somebody, right? okay, like, or like you kind of want to like judge a little bit where you're like right. well know but they already know we've had these conversations and so just providing a safe space where they can literally tell you anything I think goes back to modeling right like I remember growing up my mom used to always say you can tell me anything you can did that and then we tell her stuff and then she flip out and we're like well, that's why we don't tell you nothing it's because you keep saying we could tell you stuff and then when we come and tell you you call your best friends. You telling our business, okay? Well, when you get, mad, then it comes up, when like, you get mad, it comes up, and it's like get mad, it comes up, and then you putting yep. it in our face. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. why we don't tell you nothing. So right. I, I think really, you know, adhering to what you promised them. Like if you're going to, you know, instill that trust, then really coming up with your own toolbox and game plan on how to respond when they do tell you things that you may not want to hear.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm flip out because they deserve to be flipped out on. Or I'm gonna like chill out. Chill. I'm gonna flip out when they walk away. I'm gonna call Jamila and tell her, what the fuck? Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And then I'm gonna go back into the room quietly, sit down, and rub her shoulder and be like, see what? You know, tell me about that. So, what did you do? You know, like, yeah. And it takes a lot, It's a lot of like, swallowing your pride and, yes. and even your better judgment at times so that you can have that trust.
2: Yes. And I mean, and I think the thing is, is that that takes a lot of patience too, right? Because if you think mm-hmm. about it, if you are in a space like you've had a rough day at work mm-hmm. and your child is checking in and they tell you that, I don't know, they, they, Spent $500 out of your bank account or something, right? I don't know. That's a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And in reality, you, want, you may want to flip out. You know, I mean, and let's be real. In reality, you may want to choke them out, right? <laughs> but one, as a mandated reporter, I can't <coughs> condone that type of behavior, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> And so, in, in, in the age that we live in, too, of how easy it is for kids to call CPS, right? Mm-hmm. You you recognize that okay, choking them out one is probably it might get me arrested, might get the child taken away from me, but that's also not gonna fix the get the five hundred dollars back into my bank account that they took out, right? But you've had a rough day at work. And you're like, this is the last fucking thing that I need right now is for this child to tell me about this $500 from my bank account. Mm -hmm. And so then you're in that space where you're like, okay, that's when shit gets real. (laughs) Because it's easy if you've been having a good day to have that wherewithal and that presence to say, all right, I'm going to pause. I'm going to give Erica a call. or I'm going to give Mila a call. Or I'm going to give Terry a call. Somebody, or we might do a conference call so I can process this shit out, right?
0: <laughs> this yeah, there's just no perfect scenario. There's exactly. no, it, it's always, it always smacks you in the face. It's just, it's <laughs> that's essentially what parenthood is. It literally, like, just when you think like, oh no, like, it's not that age yet not yet mm-hmm. it'll be like oh no it's this age and yeah. and honestly the age is like with at, at the the access that kids have now and like yes. the exposure they have the intelligence truly that they have i feel like this this generation is even my daughter's generation are going to be much more intelligent than i than i am because yeah. they have more access to information and it's mm-hmm. all and, and obviously we know that's a double-edged sword because there's a lot of things that's like is your mind ready to even, like, process this right no. now? No. So okay. much more excess. But yeah. all these things kind of come flying at you, and it's, like, you have to just – I feel like parenthood is, like, bracing yourself for, like, sucker punches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. yeah. I feel it's, like, ooh, oh, yeah. ooh, like Honestly. And then you're what? finally, you're, like, oh, kind okay, of cool. I can yeah. breathe, and it's, like, oh, You're, like, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. Yep. So, like, I mean – I think, and, but like, but, but, if, but if you want that trust and you want them to talk to you, is so important. I mean, I think about my relationship with my mom. Like, that's kind of the relationship we had. Like, I really wanted to tell her things, but yeah. every time I did, or most of the times I did, when they were, like, pretty, like, you know, crazy for my age or something, I saw her trying to put it in practice. And yeah. I was like, damn, like, damn, yeah, she was like, that was good. She was good. She's like, right. not grounded? And then, sure enough... Like yeah. well, one week later, she's been stewing and she couldn't work to just like, uh uh-uh. uh. And I was like, oh, okay, here it goes. So and yeah, no, that's
1: guys. why I ain't
0: telling you nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. It's nice to see when your work, when you see your work implemented, and then you're like, oh, so, I think one time I was in the fire with Luna, and I was like, I get really anxious really quickly. I get overwhelmed. Like, ah, where's my phone. Ah, blah, blah. And she's like, <laughs> Mom, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath, Mom. You can get your phone later. Come like, on. You know what? I did, oh, for two right. I did that to me. Recently my too. work is working, but not on myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she did that to me self. recently too, and I had the same feeling. Like, like, oh so my god. god! So she does know. Yeah, wow. I mean, by teaching my daughter yoga at school. I'm like, I never did yoga. Right.
1: Like, okay. right? But yeah.
0: meditation and quiet right. time. I'm so happy that these things that these resources are available and like to, to children. There are just so many more resources available to children. Even yeah. if you are a parent and you don't know where to start, like there's places you can find, like mm-hmm. Google is, is king. Yes. It's terrible because Google is also the devil.
1: But- I, know. <laughs> I know, I know, I yeah. know.
2: Um, I mean, I think that's just what it is with technology, but you know, and I think too, that other piece of modeling is being able to say, I need a moment. Mm-hmm. and giving yourself that time out but then also on that flip side giving the child permission to take those emotional timeouts as well mm-hmm. to let them say okay i need a I, mommy i need a moment and as as the parent not getting upset with that like really right. giving them truly that space mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because hopefully then they'll come back and they can engage without it being like a temper tantrum. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that really leads us into the third one that you guys listed, which is teaching them healthy coping skills, because I think the teaching really happens with the modeling, right? Right. And, you know, and like for us as parents, us seeing our kids telling us, okay, take a deep breath. And, you know, so, and oftentimes when they are, like our daughters are five and they are having you know, tantrums, like they're not, they, sometimes they don't remember to, um, actually most of the time they don't remember to do it. But just the fact that it's there, there's a seed planted and like mm-hmm. those coping skills are so important. You know, I, I, I wish that I had had those when I was having when I was having those breakdowns and triggers, like, I didn't know how to cope. I just remember just, like, basically running myself into an asthma attack, essentially. Mm, like, for real. Like, yeah. just, like, to the point where I couldn't breathe. And I was like, I don't even know how to undo, where to start to undo this feeling.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I think the coping skills are really, really important. And, I mean there's so many. I mean, breathing. I don't know if you guys have any that, you know, they need, they need
1: you know, implemented. Yeah. I think being open to like being creative and realize that it's not a one size fits all situation. Mm-hmm. Like I had one sister where I used to tell her I love to journal and I would tell her like, oh, journal, journal. She's like, it don't work. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to work on my anger. I don't like it. I'm like, okay, well, let's try something else. So she's into music. So, okay, cool. We'll do music to cope with whatever you're going through. I remember one of my little sisters when she was younger, she would get so silly and I could, my hunch was that she wants some attention right now. Cause she would just like, just do the dumbest shit and just come out and like, just do crazy stuff. And I was like, okay, let me ask her. So I was like, do you want attention right now? Like you want, you want an audience? And she would say, yes. And I'm like, okay, well you can let me know when you want to do that. And then we, we used to do talent shows at home. And so now it's like, okay, it must be talent show time. Cause you want an audience, you want to be silly and we can do something in a positive way that will give you what you're looking for. And so I think just, I mean, allowing them to express themselves in that way. But going back to what you said about yoga, Erica, Mm -hmm. like yoga, meditation, kids have so much at their disposal these days. Like you said, I wish we had them when we were younger going through all the shit we don't went through. Um, But yeah, that's what I would say about coping. What about you, Dom? Yeah, I would say all of that. And of course, add in therapy.
2: And, and I recognize too, now that a lot that kids nowadays it's in therapy is in their vocabulary. And so it's something that's truly normalized for them. And so giving them that space, you know, and their therapy, like the five-year-old. If the five-year-old needed therapy, there are therapists out there that specialize in working with kids with the with the little bitty ones. And they can do play therapy and art therapy and all kinds of, use all kinds of other techniques to help that child who might not have the vocabulary still express themselves. Right.
0: Right. For sure. I think, I think that there are like, there's different resources out there. I think like for, for, for example, like my daughter, she loves um, this, this one YouTube channel called Cosmic. Cosmic Kids and that's that's the yoga channel and they have all these different like different that they, they do like a frozen yoga or like you know trolls yoga so like for those parents that have those kids that are still you know I think I would say between like 3 and like 7 or 8 like that's. A- Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now Judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing
2: home the bacon
0: whoa take it easy Judy <laughs> Test your
1: luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon
0: you to do a service for me.
1: Play the Godfather,
0: now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. great resource. So why we add more resources in the details of this episode? But even there's, you know, you've heard us, you guys, if you guys have listened for a while, you guys have heard us talk about better health and... BetterHelp has been a great resource for for us and, you know, for our listeners. Our listeners have reached out to us and, and said that BetterHelp has really helped them with their therapy because it's virtual. You can just do it from the comfort of your home. And they have therapy for teenagers, not for the little ones. So you would, you'd still have to find therapists for for your smaller ones. but. I think it's never too late, and BetterHelp is a really great option if you if you don't know where to start and you feel overwhelmed. And I'll, I'll include the link in our bio um, for them as well. Um, but yeah, I think that all these tips are really great for for kids and coping. And and I do agree that it isn't a one size fits all. Like for even for looking, I'm looking at our kids right now through the glass and like. Our, like our kids are very different. They're best friends, but they have different interests. They have different coping skills. They have different triggers. Um, it's just so interesting to watch our little girls grow up together because they've been friends for since they were babies. But they're, they couldn't be more different in so many ways. Um, and the things and the needs that they need, the things that Irie needs to cope are, are different than the things that Luna, Luna needs for sure. So I think, yeah, listening to your kids and really knowing, knowing who they are and what's their what mm-hmm. their interests are, and their little spirit is telling you, yes. is important. Super really important. With number four, mm-hmm. set boundaries. yeah, set boundaries is the is the fourth tip that you guys have on this list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's so important, especially for young for young kids, all kids, adults, all yes. of us. We all need Everybody. boundaries. Everybody. Everybody. Boundaries. Yes. 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 Um but I mean you guys had mentioned, you know, talking about consent and ownership of their bodies, which is a big one for us um as parents and it's been a really big one for me, you know, my daughter learning her body she's 5 years old you know, she started exploring herself at two, mm-hmm. really, really one, like, you know, they started at a young age. Yeah. And even more recently, like, you know, we've had people on and people encourage um, us to, you know, to obviously identify our, our, our kids' body parts as their real names. Yep. And also like recently, like Irie, like, she, she was asking me about, you know, her vagina. And I was like, let's just take a mirror down there and look at it. And like, I really, went in there and we showed her everything and she was a little shy at first, but then she was just like, Oh, what is it called? And like, I want those, those things should be yes. normalized. Like me yes. as a woman, like I was like ashamed of my vagina. I was like, "Ugh, I don't know. Does it look right? Is it this, is this normal? Like, no. And like, and I think because I didn't have a, this like connection to it, like I I didn't understand even like the consent part of it too. Yes. Um, and so I think, yeah boundaries <laughs> you know I, I this one's funny because i think we're really conscious of um you know talking to our kids about boundaries with their bodies um mm. especially little girls and um just saying no or if you don't want something to touch you they don't have to touch you but then like i'll kiss all over her and she's like get off of me i'm like i'm your mom I'm Like, Fuck, that's, God. totally goes against each other so <laughs> boundaries is everyone but me <laughs> um But even practicing what she preached, if you're not, she doesn't want to be touched or she doesn't want to, you know, Mm -hmm. be loved on at that moment, giving her the, the, I feel like by respecting those boundaries, even in those moments, gives her, what my whole thing is empower your child to have presence over their body. I think a lot of growing up, especially as women, as girls, especially in like my teenage years, I didn't feel empowered with saying no. It literally took me, I was in my thirties, like, no, I'm good. Get off me. Like for real, like, yeah, get the fuck off me I am. I don't care where it's at and what push or pull. I don't give a, I'm good, you know, but it took so long of being like, can I do that? Or, you know, like I've gotten this far, so now I have to do these things. But by having these conversations, it's like, nah, no one's going to die at any point. Pump one or six. If you don't want to, you're good. Sig it off me. You know, like just, and I feel like even for me, I see how that empowerment, um, kind of goes in other, like leads into other things. Like I'm um, really, I try to pride myself on like not telling Lily to be too careful, but to also be just like to be independent. I let her go. I would tell her to, encourage her to climb. You know, like go do what you want to do because I I feel like that even empowers your child that you can do that. You can go climb that tree. I can, you know, like obviously she lets me know I'm walking away. I'm gonna go do this, but I I try to like challenge her in those ways because I feel like even those things give her empowerment um you know just in personal and other in other aspects of of her of her body and of her life so I try to be conscious of that that she's in control and she has the control and she's she's worthy of making those decisions by herself
1: can I just say your daughters are so lucky to have moms like you like the Mm -hmm. fact that you had your daughter with a mirror down there at five years old that is so powerful like I remember doing that by myself when I was like probably a preteen or older in like a shameful way, but like having a mom guide her through that. And then you Mila, with your, like, go climb, go do that. And like, not to be so scary. Like that is so, they're going to remember those moments. I'm sure when they get older and that'll be pivotal for them. Um, I know what comes to mind for me when I think about boundaries is like allow or encouraging them to use their voice. I know I'm gonna just be honest. I, I'm sure I'm the only one on the, on the, um, on the episode that's experienced this, but I have some pervs in the family. And when I was younger. My mom used to tell us when we would like have family gatherings, like she let us know that it was okay to say, you don't, I don't want to hug this person. Mm, or good. that person comes over, that uncle tries to come over and whisper in your ear, which is so fucking weird. Weird. Yeah, like what, what are you doing? What Where my that? hug at? Come on. She empowered us like to say that we were uncomfortable. And I thought that was so amazing. And although I didn't always do it because. I felt like I learned it a little late and I was still trying to work on how to say those things, knowing that you have someone supporting you and doing that. Like you said, Mila, these days I'm a lot more confident in setting those boundaries, but back then it was still something new for me. So I think empowering and standing by your child and behind them, if you're somewhere and they're like, I don't want to give that person a hug. Hey, I may not understand it. I My heart hurts. She doesn't for want you, to. Like, yeah, you know, heard what? Heard.
0: But you exactly. know what is funny about that though, is that you have to get your, the rest of your family on board sometimes because- they're so used to this respect thing of, like, mm-hmm. it's respectful to hug and kiss everyone. It's, it's exactly. disrespectful if you don't. And I've had to actually have that conversation with my mom and be like, she doesn't want to. Why, is it, why are you pressing the issue? She doesn't want to. She doesn't have to. She doesn't have to kiss and hug everyone. Exactly. You know, as long as she says hello and she's respectful, that's all, that's, that's, that's all that she's required to do. Yeah. I think I think also new age parenting. I just made it up. I don't know if this is what we're doing over here. Yeah. <laughs> this cool. are uh-huh. um, gonna put that in our bio. New age, <laughs> <Yes>. y'all should <laughs> trailblazing new age parenting. Uh, um, is I feel like it, in, in a lot of communities, not just Black community, There are going to be times where you're going to have to check the people around you. Yep, and re- let them know. Like, I, and as a mom. And I I, I feel like I got more confident even in it as I got further in it, you know? But like, I think it's important that when you come into your motherhood, one thing is just know that you are going to know innately what's right for your child and you are going to have to check some people. Mm -hmm. And that might be mother-in-laws, that might be baby daddies, that might be your mom, but your grandma, but it's worth it. And it's also worth... Sometimes even your child having to hear the check. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because first of all, I want you to know your mom doesn't play games. (laughs) Second of all, you know, I don't want you to be necessarily be afraid of confrontation, but know how to stand your ground and know that I have your back. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we have going on over here is what we have going on over here. So Mm -hmm. I do, um, I do, I, 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 that's come up for me. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And the last I think that's that great. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say the last thing I would add is like giving them language to use. So instead of just like oh set boundaries, like giving them like a toolbox. I love to use mm-hmm. like templates. So I know okay, I'm a little nervous in this situation. What do I say? Give them a little template on like this is what you can say when you're trying to exercise that that boundary violation or whatever it might be. I
0: think that's so important. I think because it's one thing for you to say you can do it, but then it's like when they're when they're faced with the the situation and you're not like, there and you're not there and they're like wait I know I can do it but how yeah. what do I say what do I do what are the words you know like they really do they need the template yeah I, I don't care what age it is like it's it's important to at least give them the option to know you know
1: okay.
0: so okay I have, one, I have one more question um that doesn't necessarily go with coping skills this is a parenting question um so I know we talked about like be- being careful what we project on our children, what we say, but I feel like we got a question about this today and I've been feeling these feelings about mm-hmm. with girls because, you know, in the black community, don't, you're fast and you're grown if you've worn makeup, if you like a boy. I don't know what, what qualify. You dance in hoochie from the music videos. You're fast and around. Mm-hmm. Which, looking back in hindsight, I feel like that was like that word was swirled around a lot, and like because of that, I kind of embodied that, and I was fast mm-hmm. and around, and probably maybe I was just fasting and around. But <laughs> like now that I see, I have a daughter, and she's five, and I see her mimicking how I dance, shit, mimicking the dances that are on TV, the music videos. There are so many under even kid shit. Everything is 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 is. Is you know um, mm-hmm. an underlining tone, yeah. romantic, sexual, sexualized, mm-hmm. sexualized and um, I I really pride myself on not putting sexual, you know, not sexualizing children. I I hate my I hate when people are like, oh, Uncle so and so here, go put your shirt on. There's men around. First of all, Uncle so and so can't come if anybody has to say that to my free okay. underage child. That okay. part, I don't ever like. We're naked in our house, you know. This is our house. Mm -hmm. And if you, at any point, just because a man comes in, I I stand by the notion that I'm not going to teach my daughter to expect men to violate you or disrespect Mm -hmm. you or that they have no control over their actions. That's in no way, shape, form, or true. And don't accept any man that makes you feel that way. Right. Right. So I just like as she's getting older and she is sassy and I did buy her hoop earrings that I might take back. <laughs> but <laughs> but like, you know, there's all of this and even me, like I I think it's hoochie, you know, but like what's really hoochie because if you go back to roots, like Africans, Islanders, we be shaking ass and that's, that's just what, that's, that's that's a part of our culture. I love it. Mm-hmm. And and so like even to sexualize that, you know, and like recently Luna my friend had a four post-pole bed and she was just like doing all this art on the pole to the music I was like wow it's really it's really good actually but I was conscious like one time I posted it her on the pole my friend had a pole she was little really little and like obviously she knows nothing about the strip club strippers etc but I got all that like somebody messaged me something like all this deep shit about me posting it and I was like am I a bad mom you know and even like you know posting her like her her non-chest was out and I'm just like I'm not fucking thinking of these things mm-hmm. but i've realized like people have been abused their triggers people um you know want, want to put that on parents that you that somehow we're putting our child in a place to be you know victimized or whatever like not and that's just so far from the truth like you said there'd be pervs at the motherfucking cookout pervs at the library pervs okay. at the park okay. i can't live my life for pervs Okay? It doesn't yeah. work that way. That's not how we live over here. I'm not living in fear. Obviously I'm watching you. Obviously I'm teaching you to have like empowerment and consent over your body.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: it is like it's such a so the, the the person who wrote in was saying, you know, her daughter's ten. She wants to be uh, you know, body positive and not mm-hmm. project those things on her, but like how do you say it's okay in the house but not outside? And like no. you know, like it's just such a thin line because the truth is they're receiving this from outside sources every day, even if right. it doesn't look so blatant
2: you know Mm -hmm. and so i think it's it it is is a tricky tricky. thing and so it goes to a matter of like explaining about like what we do in our house and how what we do in our house may be different
0: Mm (laughs)
2: That's <laughs> okay. It's um, okay. And so, how what we do in our house is different than what's going to happen in the outside world. And while this is a safe space.
0: Brian bought us our flowers for us. Oh, wow. so nice. Beautiful. Thank you, Brian. Oh, oh what is this for? For what? Oh my God. Love you. Oh Bye. Happy Tuesday. Sorry, I'm recording. I'm, I'm, I'm recording. I'm so sorry. Oh my God. Side note. Erica has like the best yeah. black landlords. They're a spell house couple. Oh, <laughs> and they just so brought sweet. her flowers. That is so sweet. Oh, those are it's Tuesday.
1: Because you look it's cool. Tuesday. What's coming on Wednesday? I love this. Right? Yes. Those I don't know what I did. I've been, been, so. been paying
0: my rent late because COVID. I don't know what. <laughs> we are just happy you still paying, Oh, you know? wait. Right? He wrote yeah. me something. Right. Oh, he must know you're so trying weird. to move. Just, how do they know I'm trying to move? they must listen to the podcast. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. They're, hard just, hard they're just amazing people. That is
1: so sweet. That is. <laughs> Sorry.
0: It's okay. <laughs> i'm shook i'm shook i don't know what i don't know what this is for i'm like i'm bracing myself for some shit i'm like what's what everything good is not a bad sign okay you're right
2: <laughs> yes let's let's in, let's embrace that we let's embrace the kindness yes, yes.
0: for random acts of kindness these flowers
1: way. are beautiful they like, are. It's
0: not, I, like they are my boyfriend is a step it up. Fun.
1: Uh-oh, there you wow. go.
0: <laughs> my married Thanks. landlords and his family are treating me better. gosh. <laughs> I'm so, I'm totally kidding. Uh, I love you. If you're listening. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, sorry, but... uh, Oh, you were saying that the things... That happened in our house. Our house is different than everybody else's house.
2: Right. And if they understand that, then it's like when they step outside, then they kind of know, okay, there may be some things that we're not allowed to do when we step outside because... These this is not are everybody
0: outside this house is not going to be as safe and as kind mm-hmm. and as as positive and wonderful mm-hmm. as we are. So this is how you navigate when we leave this. I place. think also creates yeah. a solace for them too. Like mm-hmm. home becomes mm-hmm. like that safe space. That safe My safe, happy, excited. Like
1: space where I can yes. be me and I can Our do space. Them. Yeah. Hey, nice. I see what you did there, Maisie.
0: Whole circle
1: So, y'all, they have this bomb ass twerk class. Before COVID, we used to Dom and I have gone this bomb ass twerk class in Oakland, where we go. I mean, it is so liberating. I never knew that twerking and dancing so sensually could be so liberating. And so mm, sometimes mm. they would post pictures online. I mean, we busting it wide open up in there. We post hey. pictures online and videos, right? And um, people will be so judgmental online. But what I've noticed is that a lot of people were triggered. So a lot of women may have never been so free in their bodies that they, you know, maybe, maybe have never even had an orgasm. And they're just like, well, that looks too pleasurable. You're having too much fun, this and that and that. And so the women in the group, they create such a safe space. They close the door and they have a male guard who's like one of the sons of the women that attends because men would sometimes come by and try to peek inside. And so it just makes me think of like what you're saying about creating a safe space internally so that we know that when we go outside like I'm not going to go twerk at the BART station the way that I'm twerking in class because I know this is a safe haven and a safe space and people out there are not safe so going back to what you said Erica about like it requires you to have conversations with other people sometimes about what standards you're setting for your child and I love how you said Mila we're not living in fear over here but we do have boundaries as far as like where we show up in this free way if that makes sense because of this world that we live in
0: um, just a piggyback off what you said real fast, um, you know, you're saying like women commenting in the comments judging and that they probably are not <laughs> comfortable in their bodies and probably have any mm-hmm. kind of orgasms. And, um, I think that's such a, it's so fucked up because I think we, we hesitate around our own sexuality as women because we are afraid if we're too sexual, then we hope and we'll mm-hmm. be labeled as whores and right. then it won't be good. Um, but then the, on the, on the, you know, in hindsight, If you don't connect with your body, if you don't love your body, if you don't look all up and down your shit and be like, damn, I look good, I feel good. I think those are the women that are more likely to be, not all, because Lord knows all the women. Everybody gets taken advantage of at some point in their life. You have a vagina um, or whatever. But that if you're not in tune with your body in that way, I think it is harder to say no. I think it is harder to govern over your body if you don't feel comfortable in it. I think it's super important to tap in to, you know, all aspects of yourself, including the sexual aspect of women, you know, f- feminine, divin- divine goddesses. Of course, mm. we, we have sexual a- aspects. We give birth to babies, you know, like that's what we're supposed to do. So if you're not in tune with that divine femininity and that sensuality and that intimacy and that sexuality in yourself, you're cutting off a big part of yourself and how you interact in other spaces. Yes. That's
2: and I think it it's so spot on that we also have to take it back to our daughters, right? And say that when we are teaching them, when we're when they're looking in the mirror and they're identifying their vagina, also giving them permission to Pleasure themselves. Right. Yes,
0: you're the first person, the most important person, and you need to be in tune with that before you let somebody else come fondle down there with dirty fingernails. Yeah. Okay. No, it's right. true. And we, and we we talked about this too on the podcast. Who we even talked about I remember, oh with Shan Booty. So Shan Shan Booty, she's a sexologist, and we had her on, and um, she was discussing like like how what happens when your child gets caught masturbating? Like what does that look like? And like how do you create those boundaries? Like close. Oh sorry, I'm sorry, you close the door, you tell them okay. and you have a conversation like you know we do this later thing. you close the door you know and you and you take your special time for yourself alone, always yes. alone. Yes. always with the door closed, right. always at home. you exactly. know and it's totally fine and you, and you exactly. explore and it, it's going to feel good and, and that's the really exciting, exciting part about your body. And as you get older and anybody who you let touch your body, their priority should be also to give you pleasure and if yep. it's not, they don't need your body. Exactly.
1: Exactly. I'm sure that when people heard that, because I feel like for a lot of people, Mila, who are not new age parents, right? Who are not in this new age parenting, they probably just, that is probably mind blowing to them. Like, why would you teach them that? But I vividly remember like touching my vagina and being all up in that when I was a toddler like I remember my mom like smacking my hand like stop doing that stop doing that and I was so curious I'm like what is this thing and it feels a certain way when you touch it so it's like why not invite them in and make it a conversation versus them finding it out on their own they have access to all these things on the internet anyway and then friends and why not create that safe space for them to learn so I just wanted to add that in there. And just to
0: go back to the, the creating,
1: what was the, I was thinking like it was number two. It was,
0: um. Model and encourage. Or was it, tr- if it was we were talking about trust. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. like, we're mm-hmm. not shaming because yes. like you, I have felt like, trust me, like we might be new age, but there's still like a lot of things that I was taught that when I see, when I saw my daughter touching herself, I was like, <gasps> oh my God, like. You know, you have, you still have those moments. Like you're almost uncomfortable because you've been mothered that way. It makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, it makes you uncomfortable. And it's like, and again, it's that moment that's like, okay, here I am. Here's the fork in the road. Which way am I going to go? And it's like, am I going to take the uncomfortable route? Or am I going to take the route that feels comfortable, which is probably going to like shame my daughter and not ever want her to talk to me about it again. And she's going to do it in weird places and let other people do it for her. And it's not going to be about her at all. You know, it's like, no, I think I'll just be uncomfortable for a second.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think doing that creates that, builds that trust between them, between you all too, right? So being able to see you have that uncomfortable moment, because they pick up on those slightest facial expressions and body language too, right? So they can see when you have that initial shock, But then they also get to witness the beauty of you making that adjustment and having the conversation in a healthy way. And so then that also models for them that, oh, wait, it's normal. It's natural that I might not have the healthiest response right away, but I can correct it. Right. Right. I can still like have give myself the second to have that initial reaction and then come back around in a healthy way.
1: Right. And Erica, you just brought us into number five, encouraging mm-hmm. autonomy. I was like, ooh, we're kind of moving into that topic, but about talking about choices and control that our our children have around their body and around just, I think their person is so important because it's like once you understand that you have control over this. other extensions of you so whether it's your art or your belongings you can kind of exercise that as well Um, but yeah that's spot on and a lot of I know I didn't have that autonomy as a child so I think that's just so important and I wonder what kind of adults we're going to be raising as we build these very free and autonomous individuals that know how to set boundaries and of course they're going to make mistakes and they'll have their stuff because we all have our stuff but like I just imagine that foundation that they'll have, like that. Isn't it beautiful? That's incredible. It's it's, it's
0: just that empowerment, that fear of not asking questions or just asserting yourself and knowing, knowing thyself. You know. Yes. Because you were encouraged to do so on your own terms, and you know, without. You know, judgment. I mean, obviously, you know, there's no perfect childhood. People are gonna judge you along the way. There's only so much. You're, you're gonna fuck up. There's no. I can only protect. They're gonna so have much. some trauma. They're gonna find. out. Yes. Now that my daughter's <laughs> exactly. in school too, I've been thinking about like the things. There's so much I can't control while she's there. Exactly. I don't know what kind of parenting is happening with these other kids that they're gonna bestow onto her, mm-hmm. and they're gonna say and like, I'm like, oh my god, I'm just... exactly. all I can do is and give her the empowerment now
2: mm-hmm. to be able exactly. to be like, yeah,
0: you know, my mommy told me that.
2: We already do some
0: like shit like that. Right. Yeah.
2: We have yeah. That. We're not, we, we don't live like that over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you, ladies, so, so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your knowledge. Yes. yes. Thank you. Wow. It's been so helpful. This was so um, fun. Can you tell our listeners where
2: they can find you? Yes. yes. They can find us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Herspace Podcast. Dope. All right, you
0: guys, make sure you check them out, and you know where to find us at Good Moms underscore Bad Choices on Instagram. And if you're listening right
1: now, make sure you scroll all the way down to the bottom, leave a rating and review, and join our Patreon. I'm gonna end this episode with a clip from our Patreon.
0: A- Patreon has a bunch of secret episodes, sex positions. Um, we
1: interview our kids over there. I'll get really personal. Yeah, we get we write blog. It's basically a journal. It's a journal. It is. <laughs> how where do babies come from from the from the food all you eat and um they get in, when you eat a lot of food that means they um come in your tummy when you're adult and um and then um the doctor takes the um the baby out of your tummy The doctor
0: just comes to your house and then the baby will be um at home
1: already How do babies get in your tummy
0: Oh um You grow a plant and then a baby grows in your belly.
1: You mean um, that you eat um, a lot of food and then a baby um, appears?